0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of GP Top 3. Uh, My name is David Poole and today I'm joined by Jason Grenier who's our VP of Strategy and Thesis Development at Georgian to discuss what it means to be thesis driven. So we'll talk about how we think about taking a thesis driven approach at Georgian and what that means to us, how this flows from some of our cultural values that we hold near and dear to us And we'll go into an example of how this has played out to try and bring it to life. Welcome, Jason, and thanks so much for joining me. Why don't you start by introducing yourselves to the listeners?
1: Thanks for having me, David. I'm Jason, a lead innovation and strategy here at Georgian, and I have a number of responsibilities, but one of the more exciting responsibilities that I have is defining our investment theses. And I think that's what we're going to be talking about primarily today.
0: Yeah, so I have to say, when I was working in in software, I'd often see that different VCs would come out with these thesis papers and think to myself, you know, that kind of looks just like a, a technology like AI or a business model to me. Could you maybe tell me a little bit more about what a thesis is specifically and how we define that at Georgian.
1: Yeah, so we think about our investment theses in, in terms of emerging technologies or emerging technology trends. So in many ways, it's uh, kind of a horizontal technology that can apply to uh, a number of different markets or, or verticals. And usually these trends are or at least the adoption of those technology or those technology trends is driven by societal trends, and in some cases, external economic uh, factors. And uh, just as an example for, for Georgian, currently our primary uh, investment theses are on applied AI and machine learning, conversational AI and natural language processing, and uh, trust, uh, security, privacy, fairness, transparency, and uh, technologies that would enable uh, companies to build trust with their customers and within their ecosystem.
0: That's fantastic. What's, what's an example of how the technology has gone from kind of emerging, then widely adopted, and then almost table stakes?
1: Yeah, well, cloud computing is probably one of the more obvious examples that we've seen historically. That actually caused a lot of or led to a lot of opportunities in the software ecosystem. You have kind of the confluence of data and insights and analytics and, and AI being able to really drive uh, value for, for businesses. There was, as a, as a result of kind of the technology behind cloud computing, there was a need for new business models, the SaaS uh, business model. And this ultimately has really led to opportunities around AI as well because of the consolidation of uh, data combined with all of the developments around machine learning so that's one that we're probably all familiar with, acutely aware of in the current times that we live in, as we all are using you know probably a dozen different cloud based technologies every single day all day
0: long. You and I have often gone back and forth in the past talking about how. The need for companies to stay ahead of these trends is, if anything, accelerating. Things are moving faster and faster, and there's more technologies than ever to keep an eye on. So what is the advice that you would typically give to startup founders about how to make sense of all of these different emerging technologies? And how does Georgian specifically provide services to our companies to help them adopt some of these technologies?
1: Yeah, we we believe companies that can identify all of these technology trends before others and put them to use become kind of leaders in their adoption. Really, they're they're more likely to win in their particular markets. So that's an, a really important concept because uh, we believe that, that makes better companies, companies that we would be more willing to invest in or that we would believe in. But we also apply this kind of to ourselves and are constantly trying to reinvent ourselves and disrupt ourselves and apply things like machine learning to our internal processes. Just as an example, we have a system internally that will score and rank potential investments. So we, we try to adopt these things to the best of our ability as well. That's also important for companies in our portfolio that are already you know part of the Georgian family, if you will. We have an impact team and ops acceleration team They're really there to help with the adoption of those technologies and to help build differentiation around those technologies in the products that they offer. And in in some cases, also helping them kind of design a go-to-market that would align with the introduction of those technologies. That's a really important point. We believe that, in general, the world is increasingly connected and complex. Again, we've seen some of the results of that in recent weeks. And and so figuring out what the impact of a new technology might be on your product, on your customers, on the entire ecosystem that you're that you're part of is is a difficult thing to do. It's a difficult thing to understand. Uh, but if you can, it definitely gives you an advantage relative to others. And uh, things are moving more, more quickly to your your point, David, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why that's happening, but you can see some evidence of that from the machine learning side of things, things like AutoML, which will help kind of build machine learning models and optimize machine learning models and essentially help these models self-learn and self-improve over time, kind of, you know, in a sense, cutting the humans out of the loop. That's given us a lot of velocity that we didn't have otherwise. It gives us better performing models. It gives us the ability to iterate and improve more quickly. A lot of the technologies also have actually given us better performance than humans in some cases, though, in the, in the realm of NLP and uh, speech recognition. We have speech recognition, question answering systems, et cetera. We have Watson, the, the one Jeopardy. These things are just advancing well beyond what we even imagined or or predicted uh, a short, short while ago.
0: I love that. So kind of to sum it up, we think of a thesis as a way of looking at a specific technology or technology trends that is changing the way that all companies do business. And we use the research that we do into these emerging technology areas to help us both internally with our own culture of innovation and to help all of the companies that we invest in to adopt and stay ahead of the curve. And I think that's kind of sums up what we mean by a thesis, but hold on though, because <laughs> we also say we're thesis driven and we're referring to one of our cultural values, which is thesis driven. So that kind of feeds into our use of Hypotheses and testing them and constantly kind of assessing different thesis areas. But maybe you could talk a little about some of our cultural values and how they kind of feed into why we take this thesis approach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In many ways, it's the driving force behind the thesis identification process, the the investments that we make, the ecosystem that we've built around ourselves, and how we help our companies. So, yes, being thesis-driven, being top-down, being inquisitive and strategic and deliberate, basically formulating hypotheses about everything, not just about uh, a company and its position in the market, but about what we do and how we do it. That's really at our core. And testing those hypotheses with data whenever we can and really kind of running the scientific uh, method at every step in the process and everything we do really probably the most critical value that we have at Georgian and factors into almost everything. That kind of uh, is related to a second value that we have, which is around the long-term view. You can't really have a culture of innovation if you don't have this longer-term view, because you need to run experiments, sometimes multiple experiments in, in parallel, Uh, You have to have multiple hypotheses and test them and draw conclusions. We try to create a culture that allows for failure, that allows for experimentation, knowing that in the long term, we will make a scientific discovery, knowing that we will improve the model, knowing that we will be able to identify uh, a right market or zero in on the winning characteristics of companies within a vertical, understanding that. And also being willing to take a big risk and think outside of the box and do things completely differently, again, ourselves, but also helping our companies think in that same way and maybe de-risk some of those experiments that our portfolio companies would do by leveraging our impact team, by doing an advisory engagement, doing a, a workshop or joining together, joining forces and doing a hackathon. That all leads to kind of the third cultural value I wanted to talk about, which is really respect for the entrepreneur. We see the entrepreneur as the ultimate experimenter, right? The person that's on the front lines that is doing the hard and valuable field work, taking on more risk than any of us. So there's a lot to be learned from, from that and definitely demands respect and definitely deserving of the value-add services and products that we can provide to kind of smooth the journey and increase the probability of, of success. So we try to be very customer-focused and from the Georgian view, the entrepreneur is our customer.
0: Yes, yes. Couldn't have said it better. I think one thing that comes out of that, perhaps for me, is how strongly the, the culture of innovation and testing just kind of knits everything that we do together. One of the things that you maybe don't get the luxury of if you're not taking a long-term view and not kind of constantly innovating and trying new things is in building a wider ecosystem and developing relationships with different organizations who have uh, different skill sets to bring who might not necessarily be a predictive relationship in the short term or might be, but Taking that long-term view allows you and your team, especially, to get to these bigger challenges and these larger and deeper thought processes than you would otherwise. So maybe if you could bring this to life with an example of of how that's gone for, for you with one of our thesis areas.
1: Yes. So I didn't mention it at the beginning, but I'm a computational linguist by training and so spent. Most of my career building speech and language processing systems and applying human-in-the-loop machine learning. So I'll use that one as our conversational AI thesis as, as an example that's near and dear to me. So yeah, we have this thesis that in its original form was focused on, on messaging and the adoption of messaging as a channel for customers. The addition of automation to messaging resulting in chatbots and automation of some aspects of of the conversations that you have with users with the real value being being able to communicate with those customers in a personalized manner at scale kind of developing that thesis over the years we really understood that the applications of some of the technology the models the machine learning models behind it uh, was broader So seeing opportunities to apply natural language uh, understanding, uh, speech processing, speech recognition, et cetera, to language data more generally was quite interesting. And so in some sense, the scope of that thesis naturally expanded. Some of the drivers that we saw behind that thesis were some advancements in, in machine learning and deep learning algorithms, representation learning in particular that allowed us to beat some of the performance standards that we had seen historically and enable a lot of things, including really, really natural sounding speech from Siri, dialogue management and dialogue processing that you get through your conversations with Alexa, and just better understanding of text more generally. That was one key kind of technical ingredient that went into that thesis. At the same time, we saw a massive increase in the volume of digitized language data both text and speech. We saw cloud-based machine learning offerings and centralized data processing that would allow you to make sense of that data and extract value of it from it and really build more compelling experiences for users that were, you know, based on language. And as I mentioned before, this kind of universal move to mobile that gave rise to the desire for on-the-go communication. That was kind of the original... Uh, version of our our thesis or focus of our thesis, but you know what we're seeing these days is the proliferation, if you will, of the channels or modalities for communication and interaction. So you have things like AR, VR, you have haptic interfaces, you even have some brain interfaces. Again, we've disrupted our own thesis and our own <laughs> thinking around that space, and are in the process now of widening the scope and actually. Really excited about an investment that we made recently in a virtual reality-based coaching application platform called Striver, where not only do you have the kind of the visual interaction as an important part of the of the experience that they deliver to uh, warehouse employees and other types of employees, but there's also that language component. So it calls for some of those earlier technologies that I mentioned to really understand the dialogue and assess the quality and effectiveness of communication that's happening in that virtual environment. That's kind of been the evolution of that thesis along the
0: way. Tell me in 30 seconds or less what the NLP Center of Excellence is and why we're excited about that.
1: The interesting thing about our conversational AI thesis and some of the technology behind it is that Almost every company out there, especially any SaaS company, has some form of unstructured data, either text or transcribed audio. And so we just saw a lot of need across almost every company in in the portfolio for making use of that text. We saw a lot of one-off independent experiments that were being run at some cost to each of the companies. So just getting everybody together and creating a, a way to share that knowledge how to get started, which machine learning packages are most effective. We've even begun sharing some data sets and some models, creating a a model union, if you will, kind of generic models that would bring value to a large number of our, our portfolio companies. Our impact team is actually spending a lot of time doing some original research, some of which we published recently. And we're really looking forward to applying that into the portfolio and within the the greater ecosystem and hopefully give more companies some differentiation in, in the area of conversational AI.
0: So cool. Just bringing together all of those different threads to create something that is going to be much more valuable to everybody who contributes. That's really fantastic thesis driven thinking. So Jason, Thank you so much for joining me today. That was the GP Top 3 with Jason Brenier, where we covered all things thesis-driven. Jason, thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thanks, David. Thanks, everybody.